0: Hey y'all, it's your girl, Smanji, and welcome to another episode of Avocado and Honey. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our previous episodes, um, the one before this. I was talking about, of course, the pandemic and how important your thinking is at this time as well as me wanting to choose my words wisely and just take it one step at a time when it comes to doing the things that we wanna do in this trying time. So be sure to check that out. Again, if you need or want to take 15 minutes just to be present and not worried about any other things that you're going through, um, check out that 15 minute meditation and breathing exercise that I put out as well. Let me know your thoughts too if you did um, do the meditation. Let me know what you think, how, how it made you feel and all that fun stuff. Um, Now for today, um, I originally wanted to talk about like dating and relationships and stuff, but the videos and stuff that I was watching throughout this week, um, it kind of encouraged me to go a different direction. And I really want to, (sighs) I wanna be vulnerable with y'all tonight, well today, (laughs) I wanna be vulnerable and share something that I haven't really shared with a lot of people. And that's just like, I guess the real reason why I'm like trying so hard. Um, to stop smoking weed or why I'm so tough on myself when it comes to smoking weed. Um, so what inspired this, first off, was this YouTube video or channel. It's called Soft White Underbelly. Um, the name, I feel like, is borderline racist because it's a white guy. <laughs> I'm joking, but it is a white guy. Um, and I did feel a little a, a little way about it at first because it was like this white man who goes down to skid row and he, like, pays, like, um, homeless... Um, homeless people, people addicted to drugs, prostitutes, and people just living a different type of life down there. Um, He pays them like $20 or, you know, however amount they demand sometimes um, for them to share their story. It's dope because it is, it's like we're humanizing them in a sense. Um, But then it's just like, you know, this this dude is exploiting him and I'm pretty sure he's getting plenty of coins by sharing their stories on the YouTubes. Kind of similar to like the Humans of New York. It's just like I love hate relationship with it, but um, one of his videos definitely um, inspired me. Um, I related to it so much. It was this video by this um, woman, Amanda. So the first time she interviewed with him was back in like December, I believe. I think it was around yeah, I want to say December. And, you know, she was, like, just now getting into prostitution. She was only smoking weed. I think she said she tried, like, cocaine a couple times. She, like, dropped out of Sun and stuff like that. And then she came back, like, twice over, like, the course of four months. And you just see, like, a transformation in four months and just, like, what drugs really do. Um, but before I really dive into that, I kind of want to talk about Little Fires Everywhere. I feel like it's kind of aligned with where i'm going with my storytelling today so if you haven't seen it i'll try to sum it up for you without spoiling anything but little fires everywhere it stars reese witherspoon and carrie washington it's on hulu it's a really 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 good um series so if you haven't please check it out and let's chit, chit chat yo DM me, email me we could definitely get a fucking conversation going on it but what um the takeaway for it, I guess, relating to this episode, is just like the fact that no matter what color you are—black, white, Asian—you know, whatever um, your background is—like when it comes to being a mother, I feel like every person do what they feel is best for their child at the time. You know, it doesn't matter really what that looks like. Like, you know, for example, yo, Spoil alert! Spoil alert! Um, it was like an Asian woman in the the show. Um, she was an immigrant and then, um, you know, she had a baby and she couldn't afford to feed her baby. Like this episode was so fucking powerful to me because it was I think it was a, it's, it was called 70 cents. Like the Asian woman, she was trying to buy baby food for her baby, of course. And then the fucking tenant at like the the store, wherever she was purchasing the food, like literally <laughs> treated her like a fucking dog because she was short 70 fucking cents. And then like fast forward to the end of the episode, you know, the little white girl rich white girl at that. um, She was trying to take a bus or something. She was trying to do something. I don't know, but she was 70 cents shorts. And, you know, you can guess how her um, ending happened. Um, But, you know, basically the Asian woman, you know, she couldn't buy the food because the lady, you know, treated her like shit because she didn't have 70 fucking cents. So the baby was crying. The baby was fucking malnourished, hungry. So her, the best thing she thought for her and her child was to, Give the child to someone who can feed them at the moment while she get her shit together and then eventually find the child again so and then the same with reese witherspoon and um and carrie washington i mean if they didn't give their child up or anything but they are definitely going great going through great lengths to protect their child or what they feel like is protecting their child so um that was just really interesting like you know it's just like we all are similar in some way you know because we're all fucking human but that was a really great show. And it reminded me it just made me reflect on me growing up and stuff like that. Like this is where the vulnerability comes in. Like, you know, um, I don't I probably actually shared this on this um, this podcast before. But like, you know, my mom was not active in my life. She was definitely around here and there. She was a great auntie <laughs> great auntie to my cousins and shit, but she was not a great mother um and it was because of drugs like you know she was ripping running the streets and shit like that and I'm not sure what else she was doing because you know I didn't really get the chance to develop a relationship with her but um I remember a time actually I think this happened like right before I moved to New York like I moved to New York in 2015 and I feel like this happened probably sometime 2014 like you know once um I turned 18 and stuff like I was like raised by my aunts and grandma and foster care for one moment and stuff like that so like when I turned 18 like it was I don't know it was just natural for me to just want to get a car and to get my own shit like it's just it was just something that I just naturally felt like people was always surprised that I even turned out the way I turned out from where I come from which to me is kind of offending but whatever um I just make different decisions than um other people I'm no different but um so yeah back then so I had a car more of the story and um like, my mom, she um, she had asked me to, like, drop her off somewhere. She was headed to Compton. We was in L.A., and she wanted to go to Compton. And I was, you know, I wasn't trying to drive to Compton because I lived in Orange County. And, you know, L.A., like, it's just, I just didn't want to make that detour. So um, she was just like, you know, drop me off at the train station. And then, like, I was dropping her off at the train station. And, like, you know, she, she looked, like, super, like, proud of me or whatever, but, like, I remember feeling some type of way because like, you know, before we said our goodbyes or whatever, before she got out the car, she was like, you know, I I know I did the right thing by not being in your life because you turned out so great. And I was just like, how could you fucking, I didn't, I I was the type (laughs) of person back then, like now I speak my mind. Um, I definitely say how I feel for the most part. Um, But back then i was just like you know i just listened i didn't you know i wasn't the one to disrespect any adult in my family no matter you know what the fuck they did like that's just i don't know if that's just my family i'm pretty sure that's a black thing um for the most part <laughs> but like i just i wasn't wanting i didn't care how i felt like i wasn't gonna disrespect her she she created me so i didn't it doesn't matter how i felt but that's how she felt you know she felt that it was nasty for her necessary for her to give her children away so they could have a better life because I guess she felt she wasn't equipped to raise us but my mindset at the time was like what (laughs) like do you know how much better I could have been if I had like a mom in my life that was what I was thinking of course I didn't say anything like that so now you know watching the uh, little fires everywhere I you know it just made me think of that and then also just as I get older like I'm 29 now and I experienced a lot of shit just in this adult life alone like you know you guys could definitely check out a few episodes and just get an idea of some of the bullshit that i have experienced and just the more i do experience the more i have empathy for my mother and for other older women in my family and the more that i understand that we're all just fucking hurting like you know everything that we're doing our actions even when it comes to the fucking drugs is just us trying to suppress you know our trauma our feelings or whatever the fuck but that's all it is that's literally all it is and it's just like with me smoking weed especially at the rate i was smoking weed like and if you know me or whatever like i use the term crackhead so loosely and i never like it's just that i don't know i just felt like a crackhead and i used to say it all the time like you know i want to stop smoking because like you know i'm like cracked out and then like looking at this amanda video it's kind of i understand why i said it because like how i was moving was similar to a crackhead like you know it's like i would spend my last fucking money on a dime bag i would spend my last money on the weed to suppress whatever or because whatever excuse I told myself at the time that I wanted to smoke. So it's like, that is, you know, crackhead Tennessee. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm saying this shit, not like labeling it good or bad. It just is, It just is like, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It just is what it is. So now that's little fires everywhere. Right. So now we fast forward to the Amanda video. So like I said before, the first video I think was in December and, you know, she was looking a lot healthier, um, you know and she was talking she was very clear and then like um i believe like two months later she comes back you know she has like you know no weave and stuff have her natural popping. um she has like a black eye you know teeth missing um definitely a lot skinnier she was a little thick in the first video and she just gets smaller and smaller and then in the second video she's like you know um one i appreciate how transparent she is because and i appreciate how she talked like it wasn't like, it's just her life. Like, you know, she didn't have, like, pity for herself in the sense. Um, uh, I take that back. But it's just, like, she was just, it was just is what it is to her. Like, she was just like, yeah, I'm a crack it. I like crack. I tried this. I'm trying this. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, like, in this video, she was just, you know, just sharing all the things that she's been trying and stuff. So she was saying how she was um, doing crack. And if you don't know, crack is, like, crack is, like, a more... Um, it's like a, it's like cocaine. It's a form of cocaine, which is like what high class people consider, I guess, like do the drug. It's like the white powder that you, you know, people normally smoke. And then cocaine is like something that is burned. I believe I learned most of this from fucking, um, what's that show called? It's, uh, fuck. I can't even think of it, but it's like, i just binge watched this show and i just recommended it i can't think of the name right now but it's based in la and it's just the whole it's basically kind of talks about like it gives the story about how crack came to the hood in la um but that's where i learned most of this information from so basically it's a form of cocaine in which they just put a whole bunch of more fucking shit you can't pronounce in it more chemicals and stuff to make it cheaper um, and you know, with them adding all that shit in it, kind of like K two in a sense. Like K two is a synthetic weed. Like it's not natural or anything. So if you like, it's just like an unpure fucking cocaine. So it it fucking it's highly addictive. One, two. You just become a whole different person once you do it. Like you know, you're, you're not a whole different person. You just kind of muffle your who you truly are. Like you know, with it, because you still are you deep down inside, and you can not even see it in the Amanda video. So like back to the second video like she had like a fucking black eye and shit like um i did, i wasn't feeling the way she was looking in this video cuz it's just like obvious somebody just fucking hit her like probably not you know um too too long before she came in to do the interview and stuff and even when she shared that story it was just casual she was saying how you know she wanted some more crack or whatever and then her boyfriend like punched her or something like that but now We go, like, two more months, and then um, she's back. She looks very similar as she did in the second video, just with, like, a healed eye, a lot tinier, probably missing a few more um, teeth and stuff. And um, in this one, she's kind of, like, I I don't even want to say incoherent because if you actually listen to what she's saying, she's definitely all over the place with her words, like, you know, and her thoughts and stuff like that. But if you actually listen, you can hear her crying out for help, in a sense. And, like, she was saying shit, like – Like, you know, oh, wait, let me actually go back a little bit and tell a little bit more of her story. Um, So, like, throughout these videos, you know, she's just casually saying shit like how her boyfriend was a pedophile and, like, she used to show him pictures and now she felt some type of way because of that and then broke up and then her dad was, like, you know, molesting her and stuff like that. So, like, you know. And then I go to the comments, and it's just like, oh, my goodness, this is sad. You know, we got to get her off these drugs, get her off of this, 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 and that. And then it's like people are completely looking over the fact of what the fuck brought her to want to do drugs, like what the fuck she's trying to escape from. So I feel like that should be our, like, concern is just, like, moving more with love. And I'm going to get into that, too, because, oh, man, shit, I am I got whew, I got some shit to say. But, like, um, But yeah, so like, you know, and then now, so, okay, we're going to fast forward back to the third video. So now we've gotten a lot of information about the shit she's gone through, the drugs she's um, been taking, even information on um, or insight on how she's been living in the streets and stuff. So she's down there on Skid Row. Every time she fucking came in there, she didn't have any shoes on. And like, if you don't know Skid Row, Skid Row is like a fucking mini city of homeless people like you know homeless homelessness is a fucking epidemic right now but in la it's always there was always a skid road, so it's um known to be dangerous because it's just like an area of homeless people and like at night and you know people who are on drugs and stuff like that so that's where it gets dangerous because you know people who want their fix they usually go you know do what they have to do in order to get it so um yeah so back to the third episode you know she's um saying a whole bunch of stuff like the guy who like is recording the soft white underbelly he's trying to get a word in trying to answer um ask her questions but it's really tough because you know she's just going there and like you know she just kept saying shit over and over how like you know she just want to be happy she ain't got no friends and how everyone is taken care of except for her and like you know she ain't got no money and stuff and she was saying how like you know Um, rehabbing what she needs because she was just saying like yo if I stop doing these drugs today I'm still not gonna have shit so I might as well enjoy my life like she was literally saying shit like that which you know it's her fucking life so I'm I'm not judging because there's no fucking right or wrong to how you fucking do this shit like if you feel like that's the way you want to cope then that's what you want to do but I feel like we need to really fucking listen to her like you know instead of just trying to take fucking drugs because we see however we view drugs instead of just trying to fucking take that shit from her and just fucking leave her like what do you what does she do next like you know like what do you do after that so you know I'm putting myself in her shoes and just really relating to her experiences and then it's just like it just really hit home for me because of my experiences as well like one it's based in LA I'm fucking from LA and not for nothing like I was extremely depressed back in like 2016 2017 like those were like the, tw- the toughest years and if you go back then that's around the time I started this podcast so if you go back and listen the audio is a bit trash <laughs> shout out to growth but um, the context like it, it was it was pretty sad and I feel like you can tell um, you know I'm depressed I mean just by how the shit I'm saying, like I even said, I had an episode about depression, like sharing songs that helped me get through how my feels or whatever. And I remember saying shit like that. Like, you know, everyone's taken care of except for me. And I feel like that relatability just comes from like not having a mother, like her mother wasn't in her life. Her mother was actually on drugs and stuff too. And then her dad fucking, you know, bad. So it's just like, you know, you do, of feel alone and then you see other people being taken care of like I went to fucking college in Orange County California with rich white people and shit like that's a whole nother story don't even how I ended up there but um like yeah like you know I'm going to college out here I'm on my own like you know doing my shit doing my thing and then you know i'm meeting people who just have a completely different life experience than me like you know like it baffled me that people needed to ask their parents to do shit even though we're all adults and shit i was like what but you know that was never my experience even as a child like i really didn't need permission to do anything so it was just like it was a choice for me to kind of be a goody two shoes but um so that's where that that hit home and then that's where it's just like it was just relatable and now to talk about like why i wanted to stop weed because like you know there's always been this like debate online and everywhere that if like the debate of if um weed is a gateway drug and it's like honestly i don't think weed is a gateway drug like weed is great like you know I'm not even I'm not even going to knock weed because weed definitely got me through my depression weed got me through a lot of shit out here but I feel like I'm at a point where it's not really aiding me anymore and at this point if I continue to do weed or smoke weed like I've been smoking weed then I'm just Gonna want something more. Like I'm gonna get accustomed to suppressing my feelings when I don't really even need to. When I've been learning the tools on how to deal with it. So I'm not saying like you know everyone who smokes weed deal with weed that way. But I'm being you know completely transparent with y'all to let y'all know that that's how I was smoking weed. That's how I even started smoking weed. Like I'm from Cali. I wasn't even smoking like that. Like when I was smoking in Cali, that shit was for fucking shits and giggles. Like me and my cousin, we had amazing times, and my roommates, yeah, we had a really great time out there. You know and it wasn't even every day like i never even bought it like the only time i smoked is this like if like we had like a gathering a little kickback a little get together or whatever and you know people will bring weed like you know me smoking the way i do now was you know um it was all from coming to new york and being stressed the fuck out and shit out and you know i was dating someone actually who was now that I see fucking coping using weed the same way I did, like, he was like, I can't imagine a day without it. And, you know, eventually, then he actually did up break in my heart. And I just picked up his habit and just continued and just did the same thing. Like, you know, and then once I got over that, it was always something, you know, this is New York City it's always something to fucking frustrate you. And it was always a reason to smoke weed. <laughs> weed became my best friend at the time. Uh, but, you know, like every most or some relationships, you know, we all grow and that's just where it's at and then like with me being so tough on myself when it comes to weed it was always out of a fear that i would always i would want something stronger to suppress whatever it is that i'm feeling like you know i was always scared to the point where like weed just didn't do it for me and there has been a couple times where it's like i i smoke so much that like i didn't even get high like that so it's just like you know if you fucking trying to suppress something and you smoking weed so much that you can't even get high anymore naturally you're gonna look for something else that's a little stronger i'm not saying you're gonna jump and go right and do crack but it's gonna be something else like you know what i'm saying and then eventually that's something else and then you know and then here you are (laughs) like you know what i'm saying so it's like i don't think it's a gateway drug but if you don't use it mindfully then you can it can definitely lead you to trying other shit (laughs) is that contradicting i don't know but um Yeah, and I feel like the thing that I needed to kind of, um, I just needed to kind of just realize is that, like, I'm not a fucking victim. Like, you know, just because my life story is completely different than a lot of people around me doesn't mean that, you know, I need pity and that, like, I'm not worthy or I can't do shit. Like, you know, I'm still, I still can do whatever the fuck. Like, you know, I remember I was living with, like, um, this fucking racist white dude go ahead and go ahead and check go check back them episodes of 2016 2017 yo I was living with that's when I started the fucking podcast I was living with um, my girl Brooke and um her boyfriend at the time who was a fucking racist I don't care and you know like he was saying shit like he he thought I was like quote-unquote a different black girl because of the way I speak and shit and I'm like bro I'm from fucking Compton so this shit you saying like even if i wasn't from compton bitch i'm black so it's just like don't fucking disrespect black people like that so it's like um i remember one point like you know he was just like so confused like i remember i had a content like he was just so fucking confused like how the fuck how is she um like how is she like you know like this and she's from compton so moral like i remember like was arguing and stuff and i'm like yo Like, you know, yeah, I come from this. I come from these situations. I didn't have a mom. I didn't do this. You come from North Carolina, like fucking mom and dad in my house. Like, nigga, well off. Like, you haven't really had to fucking struggle most of your life. And yet, here we are renting the same apartment in New York City. Like, how? (laughs) How are you better? (laughs) Well, we are literally in the same exact situation right now, my guy. (laughs) so that was always that was always fun to throw in his face and shit but um yeah so I say all that to say like you know I'm not a victim and none of us are a victim like Amanda is still not a victim even with her choice to fucking you know do drugs like she just we just made two completely different fucking decisions and that's all it is so um I feel like that's just the reality that we need to kind of a reality check we need to have with ourselves like when it comes to like you know holding ourselves accountable is that we are not victims. Like, we need to understand that nothing we go through is in, is in vain. Like, you know, for me to get spiritual real quick, like, I truly believe that, you know, we we choose what we want to do when we come to this earth. I'm not saying we necessarily choose our exact situations, but we choose, like, scenarios that's going to build the character to do what it is that we want to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's just what it is like I remember every time I say that to someone they be like I didn't choose to fucking do this this and that I didn't choose, I know and it's just like you may not understand it now <laughs> because you're you know your spirit is in this human body and you have to fucking relearn and rediscover yourself but it's that's just that's what the fuck it is and I understand it like you know nothing I went through is in vain like I'm not a victim like everything I went through does not make me who I am like you know what I'm saying so it's like what's up and okay so I feel like that's kind of the gist of what I wanted to talk to. And it's just like, you know, I also finished um, Beyond Fear by Don Miguel Ruiz. You all know, I've been talking about that like all quarantine, (laughs) but I finally finished it. And I think it's, you know, it's just super aligned that like literally, um, I think it's like the third to last page in the book is literally what i just said but like in a super spiritual and like different way so i would do want to go ahead and read like a paragraph from the book that kind of sums up everything that sums up and kind of confirms you know what i'm saying everything that i just said so when we respect each other's dream there is no conflict When we are not afraid to love, when we do not stipulate conditions for our love, everything will change. Today, there is little respect. As soon as I tell you what to do, that means I do not respect you. Feeling sorry for someone shows a lack of respect. Feeling sorry is not compassionate. Feeling sorry for someone else awakens our own self-pity. I feel sorry for you, it means, if I feel sorry for you, it means that I think you are not strong enough or intelligent enough to make it. If you feel sorry for me, you do not respect me or think I am intelligent or strong enough to make it. When we try to do something for somebody else, this shows lack of respect. Having compassion is seeing that someone has fallen, helping that person to stand up and then saying, yes, he or she can do it. Even though people might be in the worst conditions, we do not need to feel sorry for them. We need to love them. We can help them with our compassion. A person can always choose. What has happened to that person happened because of choices he or she made which is real shit, like, everything, our whole life is because of decisions that we made, and I feel like, you know, in regards to, like, Amanda and people like her, I feel like we need to kind of go above and beyond um, just trying to take the drug away, thinking that's just gonna make them a better person, like, we need to fucking listen to her, like, she's screaming out how she has no one, no family and stuff, so maybe if we fucking show her some love, you know, she... Would want to naturally change and get better because she see that there's fucking hope and stuff like that. So yeah, we need to like move with more out of love and rather than pity. And I actually watched a video this morning, which I thought was really dope, and it aligned with everything that I'm talking about today. It's by um, Kalik a lot, and it was on Vimeo, and it was it posted like um, in 2013, and he was just like you know talking to. Um, Oh, sorry. The name of the um, video is antonyms of beauty and that I like this video was so beautiful and it was just kind of like a way I prefer to see my people doing drugs and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the soft white underbelly, guy who was like talking to the people and stuff it was more out of pity like you know it's like here come tell your story oh oh I'm so sorry that happened oh 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 bye and then like this antonyms of beauty he was like with one guy you can tell it was just like you know the guy that be in the streets it's out here in New York it was based in Harlem um and he was just like recording this guy talking to him he went with them to go get K2 he bought him K2 actually asking him questions and just like really asking about him and stuff. Like the guy seemed like he was content with his life, content with doing K2 and shit. And you know, the guy respected that. Like, you know, it wasn't no judgment. He said like, you know, when I see him, I don't see what everybody else sees. Like I see fucking love, like, you know? And I think that's what we need to have the eyes of love more than like just more like you know what i'm saying like when we see people out on the street we need to understand that these are fucking humans who fucking just experienced some shit that you know and made decisions that led them there it doesn't mean that they're less than it doesn't mean that you're better than so um i'm gonna go ahead and stop the preaching there um thank y'all for listening to my story and shit. do not pity me y'all <laughs> do not because your girls you know you're working through things but um thank y'all for listening. I really do appreciate y'all. Um, at first, um, I was like talking big shit, low key, big shit. Like, you know, I'm i I'm an open book. I don't have no problem sharing my story, but like, you know, I was <laughs> shaking in my mood before I pressed record. Uh, cause it's just like, you know, I can like put it out there, but I can't, you know, control how, people are going to be receptive to it but then again like you know why i focus on things that i can't control <laughs> so thank you again for listening i really do appreciate it um if you enjoyed this episode or feel like someone needs to hear this episode go ahead and send it their way um be sure to like subscribe um again tell a friend about avocado and honey um if you need some videos to watch do remember that we have videos up on youtube um there are plenty of videos to catch up on if you haven't watched them all yet i'm not sure when videos will be coming back when I'll be able to uh, make video content again but um, there's plenty on YouTube or you can just head over to avocadoandhoney.net where you can get all things avocado and honey you can check out every episode that I have Um, you can check out the videos you can even check out the fire playlist that I curated on Spotify again that's avocadoandhoney.net be sure to follow avocado and honey on all social media platforms at avocado and honey. If you're interested in me, I'm, I don't post like, you know, my crazy personal life on social media. So if you do want to get, um, inside like my head and just know more about me, you are definitely doing it the right way by pressing play on these podcasts. Um, but if you are interested in like, you know, just Instagram, Smanji, um, you can follow me on all social media platforms at underscore mangy. Um, thank you again. Uh, for being you and for listening and supporting Avocado and Honey. You are appreciated. I will talk to y'all next week.